big wheels keep on burning. Wildberry keep on. Wait, I said that wrong. And we're rolling. Wildberry. That's why I said wildberry. <laughs> Wildberry keep on rolling. <laughs> and we're rolling. Rolling. Rolling on the river. Rolling on the Maybe I shouldn't sing the, the Ike parts. No? <laughs> I should have do 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 a nut push. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Shout out to the new ancestor Tina Turner. Sweetheart, hit the intro. Let's get it popping. Every time I hear them chords at the end of the song, I think about how I used to be on this piano every once in a while and playing some chords. I gotta find them clips, man. Cause we, I mean, there was a couple of times in, in the early seasons of Wake and Bake with Bemo, I get on this piano like I was John Legend and hit you a couple of chords. Nah, maybe I shouldn't have said John Legend. More like a, more like a seven year old who's kind of figured out what the piano is. So I've, I have definitely. Uh, worked it out. But anyway, welcome back to another episode of Wake and Bake with B. Mo, yeah. This is your Solution Bake podcast, an opportunity to discover the new blueprints of what's happening in black culture through black culture. Although we are not, you know what I'm saying? If you're not black, I guess you could watch the show. I guess you could try to, this would be your early edge in gentrification and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with black folks so you can steal it. But either case, you know what I'm saying? It's a good source. Welcome back to the show. Make sure we say good morning to uh, the gravity of my celestial planet. What? That is the lady of the house, the one who is holding me down, yet allowing me to fly. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, sweetheart. How you feel? Pretty good. How, how you feel? You know, it's Thursday. Um, I'm very excited. We have some we have some great things we want to talk about this morning. We have our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, which it should be obvious that it'll be Tina Turner. Uh, we also have a, a part two, or actually part one of a part two conversation. We had part two on Tuesday, I should stop saying that, just call that part one. But I, in my mind, it's part two. We have the solution to the death of Afrofuturism. We'll talk about that a little later. But the first thing we want to talk about this morning is something that um, uh, that follows the thesis, per se, of Wake and Bake with Bimo. Uh, season four is we are going to discover more about race today as we try to discover... I think I've made a groundbreaking... <laughs> <laughs> Sweetheart, I think I have found I have made a groundbreaking discovery in racial assets. This morning on Wake and Bake with BMO, I would like to announce that we have found the white N-word. I know white people have been looking for it for centuries. 
We found it right here on Wake Up Bake with BMO. We'll get to that. But first, uh, we want to thank our, our 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 sponsors and our presenters. As always, we want to thank the Washington former bridge, WI Bridge, DC.com or at WI Bridge DC on all social media platforms. We want to thank them for sponsoring us and, and holding us down. It's really a pleasure to be a part of the, the black press, as Joe Bryden said. The black press is usually the most brave outlet that's happening uh, in news. So to be a part of that legacy, to be a part of that uh, uh system within the bridge is something I'm, I'm very proud of so we appreciate that and in celebration of appreciating that let's see what the prince got to say we bring you art we bring you culture we bring you entertainment we bring you sports we bring you all things dmv welcome to what's going on dc I really miss art and entertainment. Right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to run that one back anyway. <laughs> uh, before we get into the show, Lady of the House, we got some people on the line already. What we got? Who we, who on the line? Did they say good morning yeah. to the lady of the house? <laughs> Safia said good morning, fam, on YouTube. Okay, very good. Very good. Um, 4K Active Pro LLC says funniest man in the Boys and Girls Club. All right, for sure. Yeah. Tell me your real name, 4K. Active Pro LLC. Active Pro. I bet you that's Terrence. I bet you that's Terrence. Go ahead. We got Mama Ankh. Oh, that's uh, Christina. Right? Hey, hey, Sister Joy. Good morning. Uh, e. Devereaux. That's Empress. Imp Impress. Yeah. She said good morning. Good morning. Good morning. TL and Micah. Oh, nice. Good morning, yeah. fellas. TL. Uh, let's go get that hardware, baby. Let's go get it. <laughs> Micah, good morning to you, man. As always, I feel like we're going to be talking several times, several times today. But that's all right, though. We got plenty of things coming up. Um, let's start this morning's conversation with our favorite. Let me not say that. Let me stop being bombastic. Let's start this morning's conversation with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene or Marjorie Green Taylor? It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'd be fucking these white people's names up. <laughs> oh, backwards. oh, backwards. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Let's talk about this congresswoman. She is a Republican. She is uh, recently, as recently she attended and was the, the, I think she was the keynote speaker for a white supremacist rally that was here in Washington, D.C. Uh, on the steps of Congress, another congressman, black man, Jamal Bowman, mm -hmm. approached uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene just to call her out on her, her hypocrisy while she was speaking with the press. As a response to that, Marjorie Taylor Greene had the following to say. What, what concerns me about Jamal Bowman is he has a history of aggression, um, not just towards others, but towards me in particular, and I'm very concerned about it. But I will tell you what's on video, is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to. That is like calling a person of color the N-word, which should never happen. Calling me a white supremacist is equal to that, and that is wrong. I feel threatened by him. Um, he not only led a bob, mob there, but his boisterous lies. And I'll tell you another thing he said outside there. He was saying, save your party. I kept telling him, no, save the country. It's not about political parties. We shouldn't care about political parties. Oh, the caucasity. <laughs> oh, the caucasity of what's happening here. I thought about for a moment, including the original video, but I don't want to do this 
court case to figure out if Jamal Bowman is aggressive or not. This nigga was on the steps of Congress in front of press right. with a suit on. Right. The only intimidation you should feel is the intimidation of legislation. Get out of my face, Marjorie Taylor Greene. We know this dog whistle, by the way. The girl, the, matter of fact, excuse me, the bitch just died who uh -huh. accused, that's right, I'm calling her out her name. <laughs> Fuck that bitch for real. Fuck her. <laughs> the bitch who accused Emmett Till of whistling her and then recanted on that accusation just died. We know this language, ho. We know this motherfucking language. I don't like calling women out their name. Let me, let me chill. Let me chill. Let me chill. But we... Ooh. <laughs> you dirty bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's actually not why I'm upset this morning. I'm not even upset per se, because we've seen this blueprint, this old white blueprint, and white people need new blueprints too. My goodness. <laughs> oh my God. She playing this, this same uh, um, agitated white woman role from 1715. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Right. Mm. But that's not why I'm here. The thing that caught my attention, Marjorie Taylor Greene says, that the white N-word is white supremacist, mm -hmm. to which we all know the obvious logistical step is, if white supremacist is as bad as the N-word, why didn't you just say the N-word? <laughs> why did you say a white supremacist is the nigger of white people? Why? Because they don't hit the same. Right. But on Wake and Bake with BMO, sweetheart, Wake and bake will be more nights. I have, I have tripped upon a discovery. I have found something groundbreaking. On this show, I'm so excited to announce, we have found the white N-word. We have found the word for white people that should cause them embarrassment, that should lead them onto campaigns for, what do we do? Uh, reclaiming, <laughs> empowering. Uh, we have we have sought out the original definition of the word and found out that it actually describes people in a very negative way. But I don't think that white people have even discovered their own N word. Sweetheart, let's put up a list. <laughs> let's put up a list of the other N words that may be considered. So here are our most prominent white N-words, in which I will say, if you're on Instagram, you can't see the list. Go on to Facebook, go to YouTube, <laughs> go to YouTube and Twitter, you can see the full list. But I will tell you now, I've put six lists, six words on the screen. Cracker, Peckerwood, Mr. Charlie, Colonizer, uh, the F-word, and then, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene's suggestion, white supremacists. I really hope these are spelled uh, correctly because, you know, Lord have mercy. Uh, I put up these six words. I want to go through a brief etymology of each of these six words. And I want you to know none of these six words is the white N-word. Mm -hmm. We have found it, though. Just be patient with me. Number one, cracker. Also known as cracker ass cracker. Thank you, Chris Rock. We appreciate that. Cracker is a term not because white people are the color of crackers. Cracker, the etymology of cracker comes from those who are cracking the whip. 
is supposed to make white people feel bad for slavery. But you know what? White people don't got no feelings for real. Let me stop. <laughs> white people who are racist don't really give a fuck. It's like toxic niggas toxic don't have revelations. Yeah. Toxic white folks ain't like, oh, they called me cracker. I just feel bad about cracking the whip. The yeah. reason why I always hate a cracker feels like it gives too much power to white people. We ain't trying to power you. We trying to depower you with this white N word. Cracker, <laughs> get out of here. Mm. Peckerwood. <laughs> I found out this morning I was uh, Pecker Wood was something I heard in some jive language in the 70s movie like 20 years ago when I was like no 20 years ago I was not 16 or was I no I was 14 yeah cool <laughs> 20 years ago when I was when I was 14 years old I heard uh, some some black dudes in a movie it might even been Black Dynamite but I heard them call a white man Pecker Wood yeah. So I researched the etymology. It turns out that pecker wood is an inversion of woodpecker. You're probably smart enough to figure that. Back in the 1830s and 40s, when you used to compare people to birds for some reason, black people were called blackbirds, which is why they had that song Blackbird by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And as a response, black folks started calling white people Peckerwoods, <laughs> not only because they are white like woodpeckers, but because they be on dick. <laughs> Too many steps, though. Sorry, sorry, Peckerwood. Too many steps to get to the offense, and I don't know if white people are really offended by bird names. To be honest with you, I'm not offended by a bird name. Blackbird is a beautiful song by yeah. the Beatles, by the way. Number three, Mr. Charlie. Or Mr. Charlie Wood, uh, the descendant of the Peckerwood, of course. Mr. Charlie is actually a term that was coined by James Baldwin. Uh, Mr. Charlie, uh, sorry for Mr. Charlie, was the name of his theatrical play. It followed the killing of a, a was like a black religious family by a white person who just felt like their life was more important than the black family. But sorry, Mr. Charlie. Mr. James Baldwin came up with the word. I don't want white people using James Baldwin's word to feel offended <laughs> by, okay? Not in that sense. Mr. Charlie, you gotta go. Colonizer, personal favorite. But again, in the same sentiment as Cracker, we were supposed to be making white people feel bad about a thing that they are. Colonizer has too much weight on it. It's got too much power. It's like, oh, you colonize a place. I feel like white people in America think, oh, 13 colonies, what a great thing. Mm -hmm. North Carolina, not the erasure <laughs> of people's culture, right? So colonizer, not good enough. VF word, a very good contender. The F word being the F word that rhymes with maggot. So offensive that I won't even say it on the show. But why is it not white people's, well, okay. Etymology of the F word, F word actually means kindling for a fire. And because they actually used to burn gay people <laughs> to start witch hunt fires, wow. that's where you get the name flaming F word. Yeah. It's quite fucked up when well, you think about it, yeah. right? But the reason why I won't give it to white people is because in this caste system that they created, the others also include gay people, right? Yeah. So, sorry. Not enough coverage with the F word. My apologies. Mm. Then I want to get to white supremacists, which, sweetheart, I don't like to uh, agree with racist-ass bitches to be <laughs> light about it, but Marjorie Taylor Greene was halfway right. <laughs> white people should be offended by parts of the phrase white supremacists. 
Okay. You know, sweetheart, if I was white, mm-hmm. if I was a white man, there would be nothing that would grind my gears more than somebody saying I'm successful, successful because I'm white. Mm. Not because I'm smart, not yeah. because I'm strong, not because I won, but because I'm white. Mm-hmm. So the energy of I'm offended by white supremacists in a very racist way um, is very aligned with white supremacists almost being the white N-word. But the reason why I won't call it the white N-word, one is two words. (laughs) (laughs) And also, same reason with colonizer, same thing with cracker, by calling white supremacists white supremacists, we give them that supreme title. I ain't trying to give you supreme shit. Okay, I'm doing a lot of cussing this morning. Let me calm down, because the white people got me upset. (laughs) But I would like to announce, especially after our conversation on episode one, with the forgiveness of Rachel Dolezal, the investigation of uh, Scott Adams? Adam Scott? Scott Adams? Oh, Lord, just <laughs> the white people names I'll be messing up. The boy who wrote Dilbert. I have come up with a grand discovery. Are we ready? Are the people ready? Okay. Are the co- people in the comments ready? Are you prepared? Here it is. Are we, I don't think people are ready. Mm. I don't think people are ready. Are we ready? Here we go. On Wake and Bake with BMO, I would like to formally announce that after 30 years of investigation, cultural immersion in the black experience, which also means the study of the white experience, I have figured out what the white N-word is. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the white N-word is white. (laughs) the white the word that should offend white people the most the one that should get you out of your seats the ones that should actually have you reclaiming your skills and your pathways to liberation (laughs) the word that should offend white people most is white why because you're not you are not white. Yeah. <laughs> you created a system, and by you I mean the generalness of whiteness, your white ancestors per se. They created a system that gave you power because they didn't want the more powerful people Mm-mm. to be in control. <laughs> so they handicapped you instead of having you compete to see if you would be the best, in in order to see if your morals could match, in order to see if your commerce would stay the same, your philosophies will remain intact, you destroyed another class and called yourself pure, (laughs) called yourself without color, without flavor, without sustenance, a parasite upon culture, You called yourself white and then stood by it. Why? Do you know how trash it is to be flavorless? (laughs) You know how, if I was white, you know how upset I would be every time I heard another white girl rapping? Oh my God. (laughs) You don't know no folk? (laughs) 
but I can't even give you folk because banjo came from Africa. Right. So I, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I would, every time a black person said white to me and I was a white person, I would be so fucking offended. I have culture. <laughs> right. I thought I, I thought my people were German or Nova Scotian <laughs> or Irish or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. But you created a term that made an umbrella so that we could all treat you one way. And now the paradigm is beginning to shift. I'm not saying it's fully shift, but if white people had 100% control in 1619, they got about 93% control now. <laughs> the motherfucker is flipping on you. And the thing that you could use to defend yourself, you didn't make. You purposely discarded everything that could make culture in your culture. You separated from yourself intentionally and then had the nerve to call yourself white and you're sticking by it. And since, I don't even know when white became a thing. Let's just say since 1619, niggas have been calling you white in your face. <laughs> <laughs> And you are not offended. You are more offended at the at the complicated term that puts you in a place of position, but not at the very simple term of being white. You are not white. You are German. You are Nova Scotian. You are from the Caucasus Mountains. Just like I am not just black. Right. But guess who guess who deleted the records though? Yo, dumbass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What a wonderful discovery. So, wake and bake with people nights. <laughs> I am I am trying to start a movement. If we can, here's my sneaky, here's a sneaky blueprint right here. If we can convince white people that they aren't white, what would that do for the social cast? <laughs> if the inventors and perpetuators, even on a, even when they don't even know they are doing it, if they can come to terms that the most offensive thing that they could be is white, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this shit go viral and white people feel like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't call me white. Mm -hmm. Call me Brandon or whatever the fuck your name is. That's all I got to say on that. We got any comments? Oh, what are your thoughts, sweetheart, before we get to the comments? What are your thoughts? I've been playing with this idea in front of you for the last week or so. But what are your mm -hmm. thoughts? White as the white N-word. No, I, I, I feel you because when you think about it, for all intents and purposes, this country was supposed to be a melting pot, you know, mm -hmm. an amalgamation of, right, <laughs> of a whole bunch of different cultures. So for y'all to just... Be nothing. <laughs> right. I don't know about you, sweetheart, but when I'm making food and I add a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. if it come out bland, I've done something right. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ain't no I've way you can add a whole bunch of seasoning and it come out. Come out tasteless, flavorless, <laughs> right. cultureless. Mm -mm. Yeah. What are the thoughts? We got some comments? Any comments in front of people? Let's see. Um, Donovan said, oop. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wake me up! Uh. Uh, Emperor said, roll on the floor laughing, LMAO. Um, Christina said culture bandits and then Empress said I mean you are 100% not wrong and then Christina said it would have to start with the writing with the writing? Mm -hmm. what you mean? I gotta write it down I have to write to put I have to get an 
article in the Times. <laughs> I, that's what I need. I need a front page article. New discovery. <laughs> white people's N word is white. <laughs> Blow America's mind. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, oh, before we take a quick break, please, y'all. Uh, my birthday was yesterday. Had a lot of people sign up for the for the newsletter. If you're watching right now, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, do everything that you can to be involved with the show, support the show, get into the algorithm, whatever, whatever. But also go to bmobrown.substack.com to make sure that you are part of the new blueprint movement, okay? When I published this newsletter about the discovery of white being the white N-word, I'm gonna need your support. Okay, I'm gonna need you to quote it, I'm gonna need you to tweet it, I'm gonna need you to put it out, but in order to do that, you gotta be a part of the new Blueprint, uh, the new Blueprint newsletter. So the Lady House is putting down the lower third how you get involved, bmobrown.substack.com. Um, it won't be up there long because uh, we are getting ready to go into our lower break. We have, like we've been having, we have a great music video from our man Nomad the Native, creative, Nomad, Nomad, Nomad the Man. <laughs> It's the native. Huh? Nomad the native. <laughs> um, uh, we have a music video for him, the Anti-Social Social Club, start right here in Washington, D.C., at the Small Wooden Box. Make sure y'all go check that out, Nomad the Native, on all social media platforms. And we'll be right back with more. Wake it, wake it. Be more. About to roll this blunt so we can watch this music video and read the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Yo, what's going on with you, brother? I got a party tonight for us to go to. Come ride with me. Uh, mm, nah, I'm gonna just kick it in the crib tonight. Nigga, you always do this shit, yo. Come ride with me to this party. You always ask the same question, but the answer don't change, so I'm gonna just catch you next time. We, we good, bro. Check it. Uh, you come with me to this party, I'm gonna bring the party to you. Good luck, nigga. My door is locked. Oh, this motherfucker done hung up on me. Three hours later. Yo! Nigga, I know you hear me. I'ma join the anti-social social club Hit my phone, you know what's up Drinking late and everybody know the shit I be out the mix with the shits I don't need that Hit me with the split for the lick and the recap I'ma join the anti-social social club Hit my phone, you know what's up Drinking late and everybody know the shit I be out the mix with the shits I don't need that Hit me with the split the lick, the recap I don't know, dog. Sometimes I'm a menace. Call me old dog. Mama ain't raised no show off. But I got the scale, might as well get the flow off. Stun a little bit, brush them all off. They don't really love me, they just like the idea. That's a oh nah. Certain social circles seem so false, like your wall. Frenemies sucking your energy. Enemies trying to get rid of me. People prefer the proximity. I get it, but won't let them let me feel free to keep it private. Nosy niggas wildin', riding through the city like Batman and D&D, my Robin. Quiet, phone always on, but the ring will be on silent. I've been trying to stay about the way. 
I trade my locks for waves. This is the kind of vibe you couldn't confiscate. Straight from the source, never concentrate. Take care of my chickens, can't nobody take them off my plate. I should infiltrate the antisocial social club. Hit my phone, you know what's up. Tricky letting everybody know the shit. I be out the mix with the shit, so I don't need that. Hit me with the split for the lick. Recap. I'ma join the antisocial social club. Hit my phone, you know what's up. Tricky letting everybody know the shit. I be out the mix with the shit, so I don't need that. Hit me with the split. Lick. The recap. Um, nah, I'm hitting. Y'all be too hot, I be chilling. You be here healed for punch. Right dinner, they call you a villain. Why is that? These niggas fickle pickles, and they be biting like tender fiddles. Might be exciting up in the middle with my niggas when liquor get in the system. But I'm Dutch at your function, I had to split it. Get in this feeling like shit is different, like my routine. I do not act like don't do scenes. I'm on a roll like a loose leaf. Single me out like a Lucy. I throw up the dudes profusely. <clears throat> Excuse me, this was cool. Peace. Hey, Mo, hmm? I ain't even gonna hold you, that shit was in. Yeah. I know, man. On some, like, difference uh-huh. of opinion and shit, like, you, you came with that one, yo. I'd be safe, fool. All right. fuck with you. Hey. I'ma join the anti-social social club. Hit my phone, you know what's up. We can't hunt. I don't know no lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with the split, the rim, the recap. That's all I know. <laughs> Yo, every time I watch that, I love a good music video where like it explains clearly explains the story of what's going on like it don't have to be too complicated although complicated music videos are good i love that video nomad the native we're gonna run that for a couple more weeks uh if you are interested in having your content play at the intermission just let us know hit me in the dm we can figure out a way to get it done um you know there might be a charge it might not be a charge I don't, i'm not in the i'm not in the Although I need to be, because when we were really rolling, the show was actually very self-sustainable. In this in this moment, I'm not in a space where like, oh, let's get a whole bunch of sponsors again. Like, let's get let's get our I-71s back popping. Like, I don't know. I also feel kind of bad leaving y'all to I-71s, if I'm being honest with you. Why? It's weed trash. Oh, what? <laughs> we can get better weed. I mean, I just... Are trusted? Yes. <laughs> uh, just be honest with you. Like, you know, get the curators. It's cool. Great people. Legacy is great. We're going to a show tonight. Great people. Um, but, you know, the nature of I-71s is not to give you premium buzz. It's to sell commercial weed. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of the business. Why would I? Why does it matter? I-71s are usually for hobbyists anyway. Lord of mercy. I just called other smokers hobbyists. But, oh. you know, <laughs> but, you know, the people who will pay $80 for an eighth because they saw it on Leafly. Whatever though, I'm not about to shame y'all smokers. Do what you got to do, get it in. Make sure you go watch Anti-Social Social Club on all social media, media platforms. Uh, while I'm finish here, uh, finishing this blunt right here, make sure you also go to bemobrown.substack.com to subscribe to the new Blueprint newsletters. We took a week off this week because of my birthday, but I got two fresh articles coming up for you uh, next week, including the death of... Uh, the Death of Afrofuturism, Part 2, which we're about to talk about, Part 1 here in a second. And, of course, uh, we're going to do an article on white people's N-word as well. 
this blunt is ugly as fuck. I don't know what the fuck been going on. <laughs> Goodness gracious, this ugly blunts recently. I don't know. You say uh, once you hit thirty four, the blunts. <laughs> what did I say? The blunts start hitting you different. No, you said that uh, <laughs> once you hit thirty four, you couldn't roll like the blunts are ugly now. <laughs> so I mean, at midnight, uh, like I don't know, did my did my like finger <laughs> uh, <laughs> muscles deteriorate like overnight? Good God. <laughs> I used to be the best roller on this side of Mississippi. I don't even want to show y'all the other side of this blunt. Boy, it's Frankenstein over here. Oh, my God. Woo! Anyway, and also, <clears throat> are you a good roller if you can only roll under the perfect conditions? That's a no. philosophical question. Oh, okay. But you already said no. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. No, it's all good, sweetheart. It's all good. You're good. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, all right, let's get back to more. Awaken A with B. More. I'm so excited about the Discovery Hat. And I know we had it in the A block where most people are still asleep in the nighttime, but when that clip come out, oh my God. When the article come out, when oh. we when people have discovered that we have discovered the white N-word, especially when white folks find out. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Empress said it's the recalibration. The rolling gets better around that age. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> Recalibration. We had any comments before we went to before we went to break? Yeah. So, uh, Micah said, "Definitely onto something." Do you by chance know when formally black and white became a thing? Not at all. Christina said they refer to themselves as "quote unquote" men and "quote unquote" women. We got to make the distinction. We'd have to call them white men and white women until our writing. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It's a very uh, um. You know how there are still remnants of like Jim Crow when we like run away and laugh. Another mm -hmm. one of those things is how we revert, how we refer to ourselves. We are black men and black women, mm -hmm. and everybody else is people. Right. We should be men and women. Everybody else should be classified by their race. Right. That's yeah. gonna take some training to get to, used to though, mm -hmm. right? Um, but Christina's absolutely right. It does start with the with the language of how how we can shift that dichotomy. How we go from ninety three percent ninety three percent to to ninety percent. I like that. I like that. Any other comments? Um. While I hit this blunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Natalie said it's a whole 34. <laughs> oh, my God, Natalie. Boy. <laughs> I'm telling you all, it all falls down. Mm. Let's get back to the oh. show. I did a big. I forgot what's coming up next, though. What I got coming up next? I got is two it, topics. Is it? T oh. The, the future. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have the solution to the death of the Afro future. Mm -hmm. That's something we definitely want to talk about. And the other one was Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Let's get to it. Let's get to our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. The Paul Robeson—this is your first time. The Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award goes to the loudest and most dangerous Negro on the planet. Okay, these are for the people who are doing extraordinary things and like really crafting new blueprints and executing new blueprints in real life. So much to the fact that like I can be proud of you for a little while. Now we've had some. Uh, maybe I have to go back and uh, demerit some of these Paul Robes and Negroes of the week because Deion Sanders, I don't know what happened to you, baby. <laughs> Wallo, I don't know what happened to you, baby. But something happened, man. We uh, maybe you didn't get the flowers from the Paul Robes and Negro of the week because y'all niggas went white <laughs> and left. Um, 
but that's all right. This week's Paul Robeson Negro of the Week is someone that we lost very recently uh, at 83 years old. I think it was announced yesterday that Tina Turner has passed away after struggling with illness in the final, I think, two years, two or three years of her life. Um, in 2021, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as an individual. 30 years after she was inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as part of the Ike Turner Band. Uh, so many things to say about Tina Turner. And to be honest with you, Tina Turner, her solo career exists in a time where we haven't truly recapped that history. And that's the 80s, the 80s and the early 90s. Um, my favorite stat is that Paula Abdul and Lionel Richie had the most number one hits between 83 and 89 or 86 and 89 or something like that. But you don't hear about them niggas at all today. Why? Because the, the current cultural zeitgeist of what we consider to be history is, I think, at like 1975, 74, if you want to keep it, uh, uh, keep it tight. We haven't gotten to a place where we're truly recapping the 80s. The first movie that I could see that's the first modern movie that I could see that started to touch on the recap of the 80s was Straight Outta Compton, which I thought that would be the introduction. And we're starting to see that with, uh, I think there was a Queen movie. There was an Elton John movie. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting to see that with our white folks. Black people started to trend, but we're starting to see that with white people as well. Uh, th and they're going to do another movie about Tina Turner. We've seen the movie about Tina Turner in 93 that was about her survival. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen a movie that really truly encapsulated the musical influence that was or the cultural and uh, iconic influence that Tina Turner was. So let's play this clip real fast because she says a couple of things in here that I think are loud and dangerous. But because she was a black woman in 1997, nobody really paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have left America because my, my success was in another country. And my boyfriend mean? was in another country. And yeah, Private Dancer was the beginning of my success in England. And uh, basically, Europe has been very supportive of my music. More than America? Yes. Yes, hugely. Hugely more? Yes. But you're a major star here. You're a superstar in America. Not as big as Madonna. I'm as big as Madonna in Europe. I'm as big as, in some places, the Rolling Stones. In Europe? In Europe. So you chose to live there. And you didn't choose England, though. That's where Yes, I did. I went to England for a couple of years. And then I met um, a man, and I lived three years with him in his country in Germany. And then I bought a house in the meantime in the south of France, and I started to rebuild that. So I'm in and out of there. That's not a place where I can go often. Where's home? Zurich. Why Zurich? Because uh, my boyfriend was moved there to run the company, and I always wanted to go to Switzerland, and I was very happy. Is your boyfriend going to be your husband, or it's permanent boyfriend? It's good like it is. You like it like it is. Yes. What company does he run? EMI. Oh. <laughs> Everyone says that. Yeah, well, you could take 12 years off. Right? <laughs> Tina, he don't need you. Right? I mean, think about this. This has got to be love. Well, 10 years of it. This is no small time. This well, is it's... not Ike, right? Who? <laughs> Speaking of that, do you realize that, someone said this, do you realize that you are a feminist hero in America? Heroine? Your wife just told me that. <laughs> no, do you realize that? I'm beginning to. You see, it wasn't something that I planned. I, I kind of see it as a gift because of the life I lived. It had a meaning. And I think that the meaning was all of what 
is happening now. I think that if I had not had the, if I had not given the story to the world, maybe my life would not be as it is. I believe. So, so you are aware, or not? Now aware? I'm becoming more and more aware. D going public with that story, was that difficult? Yes, because I had had a lot of violence. Houses burnt, cars shot into, like, the lowest that you can think of in terms of violence. I think that interview was in 97. Yeah. I think this interview was in 97. There are so many blueprints that Tina Turner outlined in that, in that, I think, three-minute clip right there. Mm -hmm. I have a friend. We met up not too long ago. I think I told you this recently. I have a friend who, when she was tired of her career, she was like, fuck it, I'm moving to Thailand. Got rerouted, ended up in Mexico. How you end up going from Thailand to Mexico still confuses me. And also the thing, when I asked her, I was like, so you're, you were between a choice of changing careers or leaving the country? And she looked at me like so matter-of-factly like, yeah. And it was in that moment, there are several moments where I recognize that my feet are stuck in the mud or I feel like my feet are stuck in this mud that is America. But when I hear women specifically say, I was in a situation where I was with a choice, where I could either do one thing and slightly improve my situation or do another thing and drastically change my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um... I didn't know, this is gonna sound ridiculous, I didn't know you could just leave. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't come back, that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't, it's like, oh, okay, I miss America. No, 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 no. <laughs> she didn't come back. Uh, she found where she was successful. She built a community in that place where she could be successful and then she died in that place. Mm -hmm. That is so revolutionary to me. That is so, that, Talk about questioning race, talking about questioning social caste. It's kind of like if I continue, if you continue to purposely be in this caste in a very physical sense, are you part of the problem? Mm. Are you perpetuating part of your own oppression? Ike who? <laughs> right. I don't know that nigga no more. Next question. Right. Tina Turner died yesterday, uh, and that shocked me. But I'll tell you one thing that really shocked the shit out of me, sweetheart. The women, all the black women who were posting about Tina Turner surprised me. Tina Turner is considered the queen of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. I don't consider black women to be rock and roll. Can I, can I say something? Oh, can you say something? <laughs> yeah. Good. I, well, personally, I don't think that black women connect to her because of the music necessarily, but because of the things that she's been through and how she overcame, you know, those difficult situations. That's the exact point I was about to get to, sweetheart. Right. That's the thing that shocked me. It wasn't, I don't consider black women to be fans of rock and roll. They probably are. There probably is an abundance. And out of my ignorance, I have made that statement. But on a very general aesthetic situation, until Rico Nasty recently, I cannot think of 
black women who were embracing rock and roll culture. And there's two things wrong with that statement. One, if, uh, uh, if Tina Turner is the queen of rock and roll, then I do understand rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. What I don't understand is the whiteness that took away from rock and roll. There's another clip that I saw last night and just looking up Tina Turner. She said she went to see Mick Jagger perform mm -hmm. and Mick Jagger got off the stage and she said she was standing at the stage and she said Mick, to Mick Jagger, she was just like, huh? And he was like, what? She was like, you look familiar. <laughs> Meaning to say, like, you're doing my act. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought about his hair. Yeah. yeah. Mick Jagger <laughs> is Tina Turner. That's hilarious. Right. The erratic movements, the shaking, the attempts to dance, the hair. Wow. Mick Jagger is Tina Turner. Mm. But in my head, when I made the statement of black women don't do rock and roll, the first thought I thought of was Mick Jagger, when it should have been damn Tina Turner. Yeah. And, because I'm going to get to your point in a second. Because it is, there is two parts of this. I wouldn't say that black women necessarily connect with the music of Tina Turner until you realize they do connect with the music mm -hmm. of Tina Turner. They don't connect with the aesthetic of rock that we have in our mind, right? right? But if Tina Turner performs like Tina Turner and she is the queen of rock and Beyonce performs like Tina Turner, Is Beyonce rock and roll? Have we only, an, a, the famous conversation of like, we put black people in black music. So like she's been in R&B and then when she's not in R&B, they consider her pop. Mm -hmm. And pop is the white version, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But like, Mike, are you there? <laughs> I need a, I need, I need a music, I need a music uh, theorist and historian, right? I'm just doing the math here. If Tina Turner, if a Tina Turner performance and music can sound very similar to the performance of a Beyonce, <laughs> do I need to adjust my current working definition of rock and roll? Second part, Tina Turner was a winner. I learned this morning, divorces Ike, old story, whatever. I learned after she divorced Ike, when they said she only had her name, you know what I'm saying? In movies, when they say like, I can only give you this, they end up giving you like $50,000 somewhere, you know what I'm saying? You still making a little money, you still good. Mm -hmm. Dang, Tina Turner literally just had her name. Yeah. Baby was on food stamps. Yeah. And I've been on food, I know. Yeah. Not only the lack of money, <laughs> that it takes to get on food stamps, I know that desperation. Right. I know what it takes to call up to that office, get in that line, stand in that queue, do that little demeaning ass interview and get these food stamps. For them to tell you this is what it costs for you to live on the state. For her to go from that to selling her catalog to BMG for $80 million the year before she died, Come the fuck on. <laughs> that is a hero. Someone who saw the American caste system, who saw that their success should have been greater, that they should have had the pathways of a Mick Jagger. They should have had the pathways of Aerosmith. They should have had the pathways of any of these white-led rock and roll bands that are doing Tina Turner, but it didn't happen. 
It happened somewhere else. So you know what? I'm not going to stay here out of loyalty to this land. I have no loyalty to this land. I have loyalty to the people who love me. And that goes beyond borders. So I'm going to take my ass to Zurich. I'm going to build this estate. I'm going to make my 80 mil and I'm going to get up out of here. God bless Tina. What a winner. What a winner. Oh my goodness. Give it up for anime. God damn it. Right. You did that shit. You did that. You did that. You did that. And I see why black women attach themselves to that story. Feel a part of that story. When the Me Too movement was on and popping, because uh, it done died off now, unfortunately. But when the Me Too movement was on and popping, and those of us who were enlightened to look around and realize that most of the women around us, if not all of the women around us had been abused in some sort, it broke our hearts. It really did. The advanced class of that thought, if you look at all the women who were celebrating Tina Turner, know that at the core of them is a heartbreak as deep as Tina Turner's. Mm -hmm. That should also break your heart. The your contemporaries feel the same pain that Tina Turner felt and are using that energy today to move on to the next. That shit is so inspiring. So our Paul Robeson Negro of the week and so forth. Tina Turner, we appreciate you. We got any comments, sweetheart? Oh, you got any thoughts on Tina Turner before we get to the comments? Ooh. Um, I'm a little emotional, so nah, not at the moment. Okay, for sure. What, what, you got some comments? Yeah. Um, Empress says she was the intro to rock and roll for a lot of us. She showed us that we are allowed to live in that space also. Mm. Yeah, true. True. I am LeVar Jones said black people are music, all of it. Look at that. The free, <laughs> the previous Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, I don't even think he know. Right. <laughs> The previous Paul Robeson Negro of the Week giving praise to the current Paul Robeson wow. Negro of the Week. <laughs> we are aligned. Um, the District Globe. That's a that's Chris Gardner. Yeah, that's, that's my man. Hold on, I mean, hold on. Let me <laughs> let me get right. Hold on, I don't got nothing to grab on. Never mind. <laughs> oh, shit. He said, but BMO, yes, because we invented rock and roll, right? Right? So I don't even know how in my mind I got, we invented rock and roll. The queen of rock and roll is Tina Turner, but somehow in my mind, rock and roll is the Beatles. <laughs> when I listen to, <laughs> when I listen to old Led Zeppelin, especially the first episode of Led Zeppelin, it sounds smack like BB King, mm -hmm. but yet I'm calling rock and roll Led Zeppelin. Maybe I need to leave too. You ready? <laughs> oh Lord, the sweet uh, sweetheart said, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> okay, y'all said, "Good morning." Morning, man. What's up? Can't spell my name right. Nice. Put that e and on there. Capitalize the m. Oh my goodness, people who capitalize the m, I love you. Yeah. I see you. You mm -hmm. see me. <laughs> then he said, "Miss Turner." Uh, Micah said, "One, Beyonce is not rock and roll. Two, rock and roll." Slash rock is not the same thing. So rock and roll and rock aren't the same. And then three, blueprint does need to be adjusted, but I don't know if your audience will like the truth. 
Hello. Oh Lord, <laughs> Micah coming in with the truths. <laughs> Micah coming in with the truths, which means there's no black music. We're not ready for that, Micah. Damn, we need credit, and then we can delete the system. Shit, <laughs> damn. <laughs> And then Yash said, also, do you recycle EP out everywhere now? Love y'all. Hey, actually, uh, y'all, send me your light skin in the wind <laughs> video next to the water. We're going to put those at, we're going to put that in at the end of the show. Send oh, it yeah. to me when you can. Send it to me when you can. Because oh, yeah. you know, this is a Yash supporting oh, yeah. house. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and then Safia on YouTube Sophia. said, we do everything. We do everything. Right. We do everything. I heard another quote yesterday. It was like, uh, 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 they like to limit us to think that we were kings and queens when actually we are the center of the universe. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. nah, but really. <laughs> nah, but for real. All right, we run out of time. We're going to save the, the third topic uh, for next week. I do have a solution to the death of Afrofuturism. This will not be one of those things. Remember that time I was trying to tell the story and it took like four weeks because we kept putting it in the, in the C block. Yeah. We're going to tell this damn story. If not, make sure you go to New Blueprints. Uh, bmobrown.newprint oh my goodness bmobrown.substrack.com for yeah. the new blueprints newsletter where it will be written uh, very expressionally expressionally? expressively expressively yeah. so you can see what the fuck's going on that must be the blunt you know what that means sweetheart <laughs> it's time for the <laughs> burning questions for the road where's this S coming from what um, you got Today we talked about the white N-word, which is groundbreaking. That might be my first book. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. That, no, second, the first book will be uh, The Black Citizenship Test, which makes no sense, but it's still cool, whatever. And then the second will be I Found the White N-Word. <laughs> and then we talked about uh, the greatness and the emotional connection to Tina Turner. Or, you know what I'm saying, in the burning question, we could also have a conversation about the structure of the show. I don't know. Whatever you want to talk about. It could be about anything. What's my favorite color? Okay. What you doing today? What's tomorrow? <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. you say the structure of the show. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. This is for the Waking Day Kojima Nights. Yeah. Also, um, is there anything you'd like to change about the current format? Or... I'll give you some I'll give you some insights what we were talking about because you know we're very transparent what we were talking about during the intermission was we noticed that viewership before the intermission was at one number and then as soon as I announced the intermission a lot of people jumped off and yeah. then by the time we came back mm -hmm. where we at now we're at like seven right yeah. so now we back at the number that we were before and I'm pretty sure it's not the same people yeah. and I'm pretty sure that the nature of a morning show kind of takes into place like you're not gonna listen to the whole right. thing I mean come on you man. only want to work you know, yeah you, you do, do some yeah. shit man like come on <laughs> like, I get it I get it unless you listen to the podcast it's like oh yeah I'm in here yeah I want to know what's going on um so yeah what are there things that we could reduce timing for increase timing for do we need more graphics we are on Facebook Live today, although my Facebook is terrible. So like I don't I don't even care. But I just like I told y'all before, the 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 solution to um insight insecurity is abundance. Mm -hmm. So I don't even really care what's going on over there as long as it's up, I suppose. And I'll check on Facebook here in a moment. But yeah, what Yeah. So the burning question for the road just to the people? This it's also for you. Oh, okay. What Ask the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to change about the current format or what would you like to see more of or less of, you know? So, yeah. 
Hmm. I think the show is best when we do put up the uh, the white N word list again. Okay. I think the show is best when we do stuff like this. Yeah. Where like there's like visual evidence that we can really like break down and people can follow along. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have more graphics, and these graphics are really easy to make. So I definitely have more graphics like this one so people can follow along. Um, we did the same thing with like the excuses that people were given yeah, to blame Jada about Will slapping Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. So we've done this before. So we'll do that again. And I think I can post this specifically as content. Um, man. The actual, I love the actual show. Um, there are some ways that we want to integrate different live locations. I don't know if I told you this, but like, I want to create a couple pitches to do live locations from barbershops, from studios. Um, we were supposed to do it with Jack. We were supposed to do, uh, um, a wake and bake with BMO live from the crab shack and have a live band in one room. And it'd be like a whole three room situation, but you know, he ended up being bitch made. So that's how that works. You know, uh, all right. <laughs> so if I mean, so I still want to ex- explore those. The extensions of the show, I feel like, will be great. Like um, the interview series that will feature Rachel Dozal, that'll be a surprise down the line. I love that interview series with other creatives here. I think that'll help expand our reach. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, my frustrations, my frustrations with the show are things that I should not be frustrated about. There are things that create insecurities within me that are based on nothing. Okay. They're based on the illusion of the internet. So, right. but we know the internet ain't real. So. We know it ain't real. So, like, it's really, it's still, it ain't real, but it's still hard to disconnect mm-hmm. those emotions from, you know, in the Matrix. Like, if you were plugged into the Matrix and you got shot, like, you real life dead. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So, you know, those are the things I'm looking. For. Those are the things I'm trying to think around. Uh, if you've been watching the show the last four seasons, then you've seen the incredible increase in like technology, how we've gone to like two mics. You can hear a lady at the house. I'm very satisfied with this. Yeah. Okay. This I'm very satisfied with this. That's even different from last season. Yeah, it is. Right. It is. Now we have the, uh, we have the death to assimilation behind us, which is to me, that's like a whole, that's a whole moment. Right. It's <laughs> a whole in itself is like these black women behind me, these black people behind me destroying assimilation and me being an investor into that into that process is a whole situation. What about you? If you could if you could separate yourself from now and you were like, oh I'm you you know it's crazy, you watch a you watch a lot of lives. Yeah. You watch a lot of like YouTube lives. Is there something about this show that could mimic the things that you watch that would make us better or more successful? Um, <laughs> well, I think I was going to say that maybe the use of visual aids. Yeah, I agree on yeah. that regard. But the lives I watch, they usually don't have a lot going on. It's usually just them talking. For like an hour, sometimes two, <laughs> sometimes more. So I think it's really just um, 
developing that community that's interested in what we have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's a gradual thing. But it is. Yeah. It is. Um, but you know what we could really use, though? What's that? An editor. Yeah. <laughs> Man... If we had an editor, I really believe that would like be the catalyst to our success because it's just me and a lady at the house. Yeah. Right. We doing this thing live. And when we break this thing down, it's going to take me another like 90 minutes to upload the episode and then to identify clips. It'll take me another 90 minutes to identify clips. I got to watch the show again. Mm. Right. (laughs) Damn. I get tired of hearing talk, hearing me talk. But anyway, um, we got any answers from the people. I see. Akila said, hey, Akila. Akila said on, hey. uh, on YouTube, she said, more picture in picture with the lady of the house. And I agree. <laughs> uh, I agree. <laughs> more picture in picture. It's set up right now. I don't know if it's actually pointing at you. Yeah, I don't know either. I didn't check before. <laughs> and she also said a live band at BMO Fest. Live band at BMO Fest would be crazy. Yeah. The BMO Fest. The BMO wow. Fest. <laughs> Any I other comments? Up. Any comments from the people on uh, on on Instagram? Chris Cardi said, "Happy birthday!" Hey, appreciate you, man. Thirty four. You know, you know, Chris Cardi about seventy five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know he was old? No, I didn't. Man, <laughs> he not old. Yeah, Chris Cardi about to turn forty five. Man, no, nah, I forgot how old he was for real. But he told me his age. I was like, shut up. <laughs> shut That's crazy, up, man. <laughs> I had no idea. And then, or or am I getting to the age where like people close to me are turning forty and that's not old? <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I'm almost Tom Tom's age. Damn. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Person, you know what is he? He's forty-seven, right? Who? Uh, what are you doing? I'm making a, I'm making a shape. <laughs> what shape is this? Why are you making a square? Never mind. Just say their name. <laughs> uh, Jamin. Oh, yeah. I think Jamin's 40. I think you say 47? Yeah. I think 40. I think he just turned 47. Okay. Yeah, y'all look good, man. So I'm like, all right, cool. I think I, I can do age. I can do, I can do age. age. All right, y'all. We're going to get up out of here. Um, thank y'all for watching another episode of Who Wake and Make Will You Be? Before we leave, we do have another musical tease out right now. The new single from Micah Robinson, M-I-C-A-H, featuring Tashira Tone Che. Check that out on all streaming services. You can also listen to that on YouTube. We're going to leave you with a quick tease. But as always, thank y'all for joining us, and we'll see y'all on Tuesday. All right? Yeah. We good? Mm-hmm. Good morning. Why <laughs> am my falsetto? Baby, can we? I'm just trying to change